Hello, Nickelodeon fans, and welcome to This Week in Nickelodeon History. We are covering all of the Nickelodeon shows that either started or stopped in between the time of June 27th and July 3rd, and we have a lot to get through today, so we are going to hit the ground running. Hear the legends of the Kung Fu Panda! And start five years ago on June 29th, 2016, the show Kung Fu Panda Legends of Awesomeness finished its run on Nickelodeon, running for three seasons of 80 episodes, Kung Fu Panda Legends of Awesomeness is a spin-off based off of the Kung Fu Panda film series from DreamWorks Animation. During this time on Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon partnered up with DreamWorks to bring spin-offs of some of their popular movies to television show form on Nickelodeon, starting with The Penguins of Madagascar, which eventually led to Kung Fu Panda Legends of Awesomeness. We also got Monsters vs. Aliens during this time. I thought it was very successful, but at the same time, a lot of these characters kind of um, were distracting to be on Nickelodeon. Like... Nickelodeon would promote, you know, the Penguins of Madagascar, but ultimately Nickelodeon doesn't own these characters. It's Universal who benefits from having these characters on the network. Eventually, all of the DreamWorks cartoons and any future ones would be made pretty much through Netflix. So that would just kind of end the DreamWorks Nickelodeon partnership. Uh, but for the few times that I watched Kung Fu Panda Legends of Awesomeness, they definitely got the feeling of the Kung Fu Panda world down stack. Whoever they got voicing Poe, it wasn't Jack Black. But man, you could convince somebody that Jack Black came on to do the show. At least from a few episodes that I watched, he sounded pretty convincing. I don't know how it worked at a, as, a, as a full series there but seven years ago on june 2nd 2014 the show webheads premiered on nickelodeon presented by carlos peña vega it ran for one season of 40 episodes and was essentially a game show having to do with the internet uh can't go wrong with uh, nickelodeon and game shows they're always a fun time we're gonna hit a few more in today's episode but uh you know i i like that even though nickelodeon you know doesn't have a a grip on the game show world as they did in the 90s, that they're still trying to find various fun game show ideas to play out in the uh, in the modern age. So I, I got to give them all the credit in the world for that. Eight years ago, on July 1st, 2013, Awesomeness TV premiered on Nickelodeon. Created by Brian Robbins and presented by Daniela Monet, Awesomeness TV was a sketch comedy show that ran for two seasons and 40 episodes. Ten years ago, on July 1st, 2011, Bucket and Skinner's Epic Adventures premiered on Nickelodeon. Created by Boyce Bugliari and Jamie McLaughlin, the show starred Taylor Gray and Dylan Lane as the uh, Bucket and Skinner and followed them on their epic adventures through California. Ran for one season and 26 episodes. Ten years ago, on June 27th, 2011, The Winx Club came to Nickelodeon. Uh, I remember when this show first premiered all the way back on on Fox or the Fox Box. 
Uh, definitely not my cup of tea. Definitely not a show I'm gonna I'm gonna watch. It was basically about fairy superheroes. The show is set in a magical universe that is inhabited by fairies, witches, and other mythical creatures. The main character is a fairy warrior named Bloom who enrolls at Alfea College to train and hone her skills. Uh, this show has gone on a ungodly amount of time. It is incredibly successful. The show in question originally started all the way in 2004 and ended its run in 2009 before being brought back in 2011 and went another eight years, ending on September 17th, 2019. It ran for eight seasons, 204 episodes, plus four hour-long specials. The show, the show, and I, I really don't want to mess this man's name up because he is certainly created such a uh, career for himself uh agnesio straffi that uh that is the creator of winx club i like once again just to kind of sit back and and look to see how big this show became like i said when i first saw this on on commercials for fox it was just to show that like all right it, it might have its flash in the pan popularity uh, and then it, it may kind of teeter off and go away. And, and it has just continually lived on. And looking into this further, the, the show, even though ended in, ending the cartoon in 2019, the show actually has a live action uh, show of sorts that debuted on Netflix on January 22nd, 2021. Uh, and it's already been renewed for a second season. So congratulations to uh, all those involved who helped create the Wings Club. This next one is certainly a first for me uh, because 13 years ago on June 27th, 2008, the show Three Delivery premiered on Nicktoons Network, but also... 12 years ago, on June 28th, 2009, 3 Delivery ended its run on Nicktoons Network. Running for one season of 26 episodes, the show was created by Larry Schwarz, who, during this time on Nicktoons Network, was having an absolute blast creating just a whole eclectic amount of shows, uh, some of which ended up on Nicktoons Network. Others have premiered in other uh, on other platforms on other networks this guy is is a creation machine uh some of the other work uh from Larry Schwartz if you uh if you haven't heard of his name you've at least heard of Kappa Mikey I imagine huh yeah you've heard about that Speed Racer the Next Generation which was also on Nicktoons the Incredible Crash Dummies on Fox Kids uh, this guy definitely had a, a lot of work under him. Of course, Cap and Mikey is just untouchable. Uh, I remember watching Three Delivery. It's about a uh, a small group of of ninjas all helping out at their uh, Chinese restaurant as well. Um, it, it's it was an interesting show. It was fun to watch. I enjoyed it. Um, I haven't seen it since it was I had Nicktoons Network. So literally about the time it was it was on television. Uh, so I, I really can't tell you if it holds up, uh, but I know that out of the animation style that came from uh, Mr. Schwarz there, uh, this one stood out right up there with Kappa Mikey as one of the most visually striking shows out of his repertoire there. So I don't know. I think it's uh, it's worth a look up if you've never if you've never seen it before. Uh, absolutely worth looking up. Also 12 years ago, on June 25th, 2009, the show Beyond the Break 
finished its run on the end. Uh, we did mention this show. It premiered earlier this month on June 2nd, so here we are. Ran for three seasons of 34 episodes. It was a drama series created by Michael D. Jacobs, David Brookwell, and Sean McNe... <laughs> Sean McNamara. Sean McNamara. That was the best I will ever say it. Um, but yeah, for those that don't know what the N is, it's actually the nighttime programming for the Noggin uh, channel. If you ever knew that Noggin had its own channel, it played preschool programming all day and pretty much by the by the end of the night, five, six o'clock, when, when kids would be going down for the night, they would start airing more teen-oriented content, including Beyond the Break. 29 years ago, on June 29th, 1992, Salute Year Shorts finished its run on Nickelodeon. Uh, we actually just talked about Salute Your Shorts not too long ago uh, on, on June 1st, 1991. For some reason, everywhere else it's listed that Salute Your Shorts started on July 4th, 1991. But hey, I even went back and looked at Nick Rewind's post from June 1st, 1991, congratulating Salute Your Shorts uh, on their time, on their 30th anniversary. Um but, you know, th this show only lasted two seasons, 26 episodes, was created by Steve Slavkin, was was made from a book from 1986 called Salute Your Shorts, Life at a Summer Camp, that he co-wrote with Thomas Hill. And it's an absolutely wonderful children's show. I like I've gone back and watched a few of the segments from this show. It still holds up. Uh, I'm, I'm surprised it didn't last longer. And and there were plans. I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, but there were plans for the show to continue on. Uh, but they were moving them uh, from where they were filming in, uh, I believe they were around California for the, for the first two seasons. And they wanted to bring the show over to Orlando, which is where they were going to have Nickelodeon Studios. So due to some disputes over the budget and the cat, you know, it just didn't happen. Uh, but it absolutely could have and it, and it should have lived on for at least a few more years. There was so much more content you could have had with a show set at a summer camp um, as certain students age out. You know, you're getting used to new ones as they're coming in, kind of like how a high school works. And there's so much charm here uh, from some of these characters. And and even when some feel a little bland, I, I don't know. Have you ever been around a summer camp or been around a group of kids you're meeting for the first time? There's some bland kids out there. It's okay. Uh, but I enjoy the show. It is definitely worth a watch. It is definitely worth going out of your time to check it out. Uh, and I, I hope you enjoy what you find. 33 years ago, on July 1st, 1988, don't Just Sit There premiered on Nickelodeon. The show is a talk show mixed with comedy sketches. Uh, segments including included making food or taking things apart, such as a Nintendo, the NES. Uh, the basic concept of the show was to give kids ideas for different things that they can do rather than just sitting and watching TV, hence the title, which is just really ironic that you're having a show that is like begging kids to do anything but watch television, but they're watching television to watch the show. Um, 
Out of Order was the house band on the series, and they would later go on to sing on the show as well as participate in sketches. The show was hosted by uh, a whole group of people here, but Will Friedel is one of the biggest names to come to mind. Matt Brown, Wendy Douglas, B.J. Schaefer, Ali Smith. Um, the show's guests included Davy Jones, Lou Diamond Phillips, Michael Palin, William Shatner, Weird Al Yankovic, Michael Richards, the new kids on the block, and Robert England wearing his Freddy Krueger makeup in costume. Uh, I have never, I've maybe seen like, I was going to say never, but then I remembered, okay, I've, I've seen the clip with Freddy, uh, Robert England, and then I remember seeing Weird Al uh, in this show, but this was before my time, so it's it's really hard sometimes to get into this stuff uh, later on, because by the time I started looking at this content, it was far beyond the, me as a child, so... Uh, to me, it's like anything really before 1990 and Nickelodeon, like I know it existed, but I hold zero sentimental value for it unless it was airing when I was a child or I caught it at a uh, older age at a certain point. But uh, don't don't just sit there. Great concept, though. Absolutely cool concept. I like that they took apart an NES on television that that's that's stuff that people are doing on youtube now rank, ranking millions of views and nickelodeon was doing this back in 1988 uh, just just crazy to think about 35 years ago on july 1st 1985 nick at night was launched uh nick at night of course is what happens to nickelodeon when it's time for the kids to go to bed it's it's adult time it's it's adult swim over on nickelodeon I mean, not to not to speak to the young here, but, you know, at a time when people will say, hey, there was only a few TV channels. What they don't mention is that even when there were more TV channels, a lot of them weren't 24 hours. Um, of course, as time went on and 24 hour broadcast just became the norm, uh, every channel ran 24 hours. Um but, you know, hey, before Nick at night, Nickelodeon literally just cold turkey went down. But here they had a chance to, to do something. Um, there is a whole history to how this came about. Um, and what you need to know is that this idea was being juggled around to a, a different net, few networks. Um, and two gentlemen have... Uh, all the credit to to the success of Nick at Night, and it's Alan Goodman and Fred Seibert um, who had the idea of the first oldies TV network, and they modeled the the overnight programming block of the successful oldies radio format, the greatest hits of all time, and they branded the block as their next evolution to MTV and Nickelodeon because MTV, both channels owned by the same company had a very strong branding presence that, you know, when you were watching that channel, those bumpers in between the different shows and content would let you know what you were watching and it would give off a certain sense of attitude. So here they were bringing that, that sense of branding to Nick at night. Um, now, Obviously, as time has gone on, Nick at Night has evolved, but it relatively has been the same presence on on television where it airs programming, you know, usually two to three decades old. 
so that you have another chance to enjoy them on on television. When I was a kid, my my earliest thoughts of Nick at Night are Munster Mondays that my mother and I would watch. It was a, it was like one of my earliest traditions with my mom. Um, something I will always hold near and dear to my heart and the Munsters. And that's how I fell in love with them. I fell in love with I Love Lucy from watching with my my mother. You know, she would share these shows with me. And even though they were black and white, um, they were old sounding. And I could tell that they were aged. There was still so much enjoyment to be found. Um, and I'm sure a lot of you who maybe grew up in a Nickelodeon household have memories of enjoying the Nick at night content with your parents or your grandparents, uh, something that they really enjoy. And then you get to sit there and then enjoy along with them. It's, it's absolutely wonderful. I, I love Nick at night. I, I do think Nickelodeon has some room to evolve alongside their competitors and, and offer a more uh, competitive programming content, you know, at least from the 8 PM to kind of midnight slot, before moving on to to the classic content, I, I I think there's room for more original programming in that in those spots, uh, but look, they've always been a a place to go for that classic content. When you wanted to watch Fresh Prince of Bel Air or Full House, I really don't know the shows they're airing now, but I'm sure they were shows that were popular 20 years ago. Um, I, of course, everybody knows that me that meme that goes around the Internet when it's like three in the morning and you're sick and you turn the TV and it's the it's the George Lopez show. It just runs all night. And I swear there were so many nights where it felt that just no matter what time George Lopez just happened to be on. It's not like they ran it all night. And that's like the the joke is literally that. You no matter when you woke up, somehow George Lopez was just was just airing at that moment, and it was still among a few other shows. I don't know, crazy times, but a lot of love for Nick at Night. Uh, Thirty five years going strong, and with that, we end today's show. Thank you for being a part of this. If you are someone who enjoys this Nickelodeon kind of content, uh, video, podcast, or otherwise, please let me know your thoughts. Uh, anything I do, I, of course, want to make sure that fans have input on because the ones that continually listen or watch any of the things I make, I appreciate the most. So I want you to be heard. Uh, you can email me questions, comments, concerns at snailmail at euphonics.com, UFO, nyx.com you can also find me on twitter at at i'm ready podcast and on instagram at spongebob podcast you can find the show on youtube and on facebook where you can like and subscribe all of that stuff helps us out thank you for being a part of my weekly routine and we'll see you here next week on the Lord hut, hero hut, Nick. On the Lord hut, hero hut, Nick, Nick. On the rickety-tickety-low, while living number one, Nickelodeon.